0: Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram, uh, alongside Joshua Black. So this is us. This is our podcast, and we talk about grief dreams, and we get to interview some amazing individuals. And now I get to bring on my wonderful guest host, Joshua Black. How are you
1: doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good, Sean. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Also, how are you doing, Sean? I know it's been a it's been a rough rough go for you these couple days with the sickness and everything
0: yeah it's uh, you know it's that time of year season changes uh and i definitely it hits me every time get sick whether it's spring going into summer or whether it's fall going into winter but uh, Mm. i guess it's you know it is what it is and uh, i chug along drink (laughs) as much tea as i can
1: that's Uh, great because you're here
0: you're here for the podcast I'm here, ready to go, and ready to speak to another amazing person, and we get a chance to speak with a really interesting fellow, and his name is Joe uh, Agostinelli. So while sorting through his father's belongings, uh, Joe found a letter that was written to him from his father before his battle with leukemia came to an end. Uh, The letter had a profound impact on Joe, detailing his father's love and pride, as well as his continued hopes and dreams for him. At the time of his father's passing, Joe and his wife had just welcomed a son into the world. Uh, So these two monumental events happened so close together, and they really put Joe on a path of self-societal and end-of-life examination and inspiring him to create Ultimo Gifts, which is a service that allows you to keep giving gifts and heartfelt reminders after you have passed on. And his website is uh, www.ultimogifts.com. Joe, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Joshua. Good to be talking with you guys. So, reading your bio, uh, it's you know, it's it's sad to to hear that your father, you know, passed away. Since also my father passed away, and but like just the circumstances surrounding it, and and with the having your child like soon before that, so there's a lot of questions I have, and I'm looking forward to talking about your journey that you went on so far and what you've learned along the way. My first question is what was it like um when you heard your dad had leukemia and what did he go through in his process um with that diagnosis
2: Um well it was it was obviously incredibly tough um to give you a little bit of background everything happened maybe within about a year and a half time frame but prior to that um diagnosis of leukemia he had actually um had been diagnosed with colorectal cancer um in 2013 2014 around that time and uh so he was going through the treatments for that kept it very quiet um only myself and my mom and my sister knew about it he wasn't outwardly affected by it he was still doing his day to day stuff still golfing still hanging out still um doing everything he did so it didn't really affect him felt really confident about the The treatments and the procedures and um, the doctors he was working with, so he got through that, recovered, was doing well through twenty through most of uh, the end of 2014 and the first part of 2015, and then my wife and I actually got engaged in that time frame as well. It was February of 2015 when we got engaged. A couple months after that, my dad goes back to the doctor for one of his follow-ups to to see how he's doing. And he walks in and the doctor says, hey, you know, you're not looking great. Let's go. Let's go talk. And a little while after that, um, which was maybe May or June of 2015, he was diagnosed with leukemia. So he starts the treatments and he's going through that process and uh, trying to stay stay strong. Um, He was always a guy who wanted to kind of shield, um, I guess is the best word, my sister and I, from from uh, everything he could, he didn't want us to worry about him or feel any burden. And obviously, we wouldn't uh, wouldn't have. We we want to be there for him and we want to help him out. But he just he just wanted to take that on himself. But after the diagnosis, it was clear he wasn't wasn't doing great, and uh, it wasn't going to be something that he could hide. So he's going through the treatments and you know we're we're there with him and going through it and um uh, october twenty fifteen he's probably three or four months into the treatment, and that's when my wife and I got married and uh he's still not doing great the rehearsal dinner he's struggling a little bit, and it's just a you know it's an emotional time anyway and then you you bring this on top of it, and it's uh emotions are running really high with everyone, but he made it to the the wedding and the the ceremony and the reception both just a herculean effort on his part he wasn't going to miss that he wasn't going to (laughs) let let anything stop him so that was in october december of 2015 my wife and i decided to quit our jobs and um, take an opportunity a couple hours outside of chicago and luckily for me it was the location we ended up was still about the same distance from my parents house so it wasn't going to Impact visiting them or uh, spending time with them at all, which was good. A few months later, getting into 2016, we find out that we're expecting. Um, at this point, my dad's doing really well. The treatments are working. Pretty much all of 2016, he was doing really great. So everyone's in a good spot, feeling good. A little bit of renewed hope that this thing can kind of kind of get tackled and go by the wayside as soon as possible. So get into the end of the year and Thanksgiving comes around, and at this point. My wife and I were about a month out from the due date. And um, after we get done eating dinner, my dad and I had some alone time. And uh, I asked him a really important question. I said, Dad, what do I do with this kid? (laughs) Um, Mm. So he, uh, you know, he smiled at me like he had kind of been waiting for that question. And he told me something that's going to stick with me forever. He said, you know, three things. One, go with your gut. You have great intuition and you're going to know whether something's right or wrong. Two, be respectful. Uh, respect is the most important thing you can give someone and you have to give it to get it. Uh, and lastly, just in basically invest in whatever he or she shows interest in. Just encourage encourage them to learn and take their abilities as far as they want to take them. Um, don't, don't limit them. Just let them explore what they want to explore and, guide them as best as you can so that was a really you know powerful conversation and at that point he's doing well and I'm excited for him and my mom to be grandparents and you know we're we're feeling good so Christmas comes around and the due date was on the 23rd so uh, my wife and I had to stay put in our new house Uh, it was tough not being around family but it was good that we were together and just kind of talking about our our anticipations of What's gonna, what life is gonna be like when this, when this baby arrives, and talking about what names we're gonna go with or think about, and just a lot of different things. And uh, that was Christmas, and it was like I said, rough being, not being around family, but everyone understood that the situation we were in at that point. So New Year's Eve, my uh, son is born, overjoyed. My wife and I are just ecstatic and. Spending time with this little guy we're in, a, in the hospital for a couple of days, just getting everything in order and um my parents come and visit while we're in the hospital and At this point, my dad's really not doing well um the treatments that have been working he's he's just not responding to them anymore, but it was another one of those instances where there was no way he was going be be held back from uh from visiting his uh his first grandchild so they, they get to the hospital and bring up to the room. And, um, it was an awesome visit. And, uh, as I'm walking, walking out with my dad, my mom went to get the car and he said, you know, I got to, I got told my grandson and, uh, you know, he, he must've known at that point,
1: it was pretty close to the end. I gonna jump in. So what was that like for you to see that and to see your father making that effort to come see you, even though he was so sick?
2: I mean, it was just, it was par for the course with him. I mean, he, he just would do anything for us. I mean, he had made sacrifices his whole life professionally. um, He could have been making a lot more money doing something else, but he wanted to make sure that he was home with his kids and going to our little league games and our concerts and whatever else we had going on. Um, We were just always a priority and um, he, uh, he wasn't going to let anything stop him. And, um you know i i say it's par for the course i i don't mean that i i don't appreciate what he did i mean i know it took it took an unbelievable effort on his part to make it but i wouldn't have i wouldn't have guessed it would have gone any any other way hmm.
1: that's beautiful i'm glad he got to experience that because it seems like especially in your life as a father you'd want to see your son get married and you want to see like first born so like he he was able to hang on enough to reach some of these milestones in your life.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, I I know he he would have tried to hang on as long as possible regardless, but you know, I think I think uh Alby, uh, my son being so close to being born and joining the family, um I think I think that definitely uh helped him stick around a little bit.
1: That's cool. Yes. People talk about that sometimes. If there's a goal or something that they really want to get to, like they'll like even like Christmas, they'll try to get to that date and then they'll sort of shortly die after that. And so when yeah. did your dad die? How long after your son was born and your dad died?
2: So it was a few days I think it was maybe January fifth or sixth. I got a call and my mom said, Hey, you know, they're they're putting him in hospice um, and, uh, he was in hospice for about a week and he passed away on January 13th. So it was almost exactly two weeks after, after my son was born, uh, that he wow. passed away.
1: That's crazy. Cause my dad died that same day on the January 13th. The 13th. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's wild. And so how was like, how was that emotion for you? Cause I can only imagine having a child and just being overjoyed and then also being sleep deprived (laughs) and then (laughs) right right, and then you have to and your father dies and you have to like and that hits you like a break like how did you deal with those like that up and that down because i'm guessing that would have been very drastic
2: yeah i mean you hit on it exactly i mean it's it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows and um it was just between when my when my uh, son was born and when my dad passed away I was driving back and forth between my house and my parents house every single, uh, not every single day but several of those days in there um, just trying to be in both worlds and um, its it takes a toll when you're at home you're playing with this newborn kid and it's just the most magical amazing thing that you've ever experienced and then the guy who raised you is out on the other end of that trip and he's he's struggling and weaker than you've ever seen him and uh it's tough i mean it was it was without a doubt the toughest toughest time of my life
0: wow it seems like you had a really strong relationship with your father i just had a thought do you have any siblings
2: i do i have one sister who's uh 2 years younger than myself wow
0: does uh does she have uh, kids, children, family?
2: Uh, she does not have any kids. Um, she has a, a long time boyfriend who, um, who was, uh, with us at that point in time as well. And, um, it was, she was able, she had a little more flexibility. Um, and that was another thing, like trying to, trying to get back and forth each time I left either mine and my wife's house or Left my parents' house. It was hard to leave for for different reasons, but um, just just hard hard getting back and forth. And um, luckily, my sister, who is just an incredibly strong person, she was able to be with my mom um, pretty much the entire time. And uh, that was that was helpful um, having her in the mix as well, because it's obviously tough for my mom as well. And Um, you know, they're experiencing the same thing also, uh, her, it's her first grandson. She wants to spend time with him and, you know, enjoy this, this brand new life while her, while her husband is, um, in hospice care. It's, uh, we were all on the same page in terms of just running the gamut of, um, of all the emotions that you could possibly, uh, possibly have in that situation
0: absolutely um you know just thinking about that really happy to hear that your your father got to experience the you know obviously the joy of a grandchild like and the first of the family so that's something that's pretty special that you y'all you got to take part in that
2: yeah yeah and the one of the i mean one of the toughest parts for me now and I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit but um after albie was born Anyone, anyone in my family, anyone who knew my dad, they would look at him and say, oh, my God, that's Gus. And Gus is my dad. (laughs) I mean, just his his facial expressions, his mannerisms, like it's a really tough thing for me because I see how similar they are or would have been. And I know that relationship between my dad and my son would have just been just been unreal, how how
0: cool it would have been. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Joe, your father left you a gift and uh we wanted to talk about that. Uh what was it like finding first of all, what was that gift and what was it like finding that? Uh so a
2: few days after my dad passed away we're um, you know, my sister and mom and I are trying to uh go through some of these things, get get stuff together for um the, the funeral and just just kind of get or, organized and do what we need to do in those first few days after after his passing and um we're going through one of the file cabinets and so we come across these letters and each letter is in an envelope one's addressed to my mom or one has my mom's name on it one has my sister's name one has my name and um so my dad had written these letters kind of knowing that his time was running short and each of them was obviously specific to the three of us and, um, his, his life with, with us over, uh, over the years. And so we find these letters and we're reading them and just crying and very emotional. And it was, it was really touching that he would go through that, even knowing that, Hey, this is the last communication that, uh, that I might have with, with my, uh, with my family. And, um, I mean, it was a really personal and touching letter. And, um, like I said, it was really tough to read and very emotional, but I've, I, I treasure that letter. I, I, I had mentioned, I keep it, uh, keep the actual physical letter in a safe at home. I want to protect that. And then I've also got a digital copy of it so I can read it whenever I want. And I still bring it up every every week or so. I try to try to read it. And um, it's actually been probably the best gauge of how I'm progressing through the grief process, because, like I said at the beginning, couldn't look at that letter without tearing up. Um, And now, obviously, I still get sad reading it because it it means my dad's gone, but I'm also able to smile. my dad did a really good job of capturing his self, I guess, as best as anyone could've in a couple pages. Um, it was just really thoughtful and comforting and supportive and talking about how proud he was of us and in his in his uh his way he was also trying to keep the mood light, um with a couple, you know, just jokes and whatever else. But and I was reading it the other day and it actually <laughs> reminded me it's just a little off topic, but so my my grandpa, my dad's dad, he had a stroke and passed away about 30 years ago. So he had he had the stroke. Um, my dad went to see him in the hospital. He spending spending time with him, and uh, my grandpa was like my dad, just always trying to keep things light and not not be too serious, and didn't like to see people down or depressed or anything. And um, so my dad and my grandpa. Are, in the hospital bed, or hospital room, and um, my grandpa looks up, and he's a priest walking by, and uh, my grandpa gasps, and uh, my dad says, what's the matter? And uh, the priest keeps walking past his door and continues down the hall, and my grandpa said, Jesus Christ, I thought he was here for me. (laughs) (laughs) So just, I mean, like, these guys, so tough, just facing death in the face and the the biggest concern in their life right then is just making sure that everyone else is comfortable and that's just that's how they live their lives
1: that's beautiful and it's beautiful that he could give you that surprise i think that's one of the you know dying you know like seeing someone die and in sort, of sort of like fade away can be very extremely like horrible um be able to see him in a different light and suffering But like these moments, like to write those letters, you'd need to know you're dying in a way uh, to really sort of Mm -hmm. put your heart and soul out there. And he did that and he did. And what a beautiful surprise that is. Like, I can only imagine if I found something like that, you know, like that would have been something I would put in a safe too, right? Because it's like the last thing. And and it's like the advice and everything else he wants me to to know. And he probably knew you're going to reread it and stuff. And um, I think that's beautiful. So it's beautiful. That you continue to read it. So when you read it now, do you get inspired? Is that like why you continue to read it? Is it like an inspiration? Like he left you some inspiring words in there to like, keep going through the struggle. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, he, he, he talked about, and like I said, talked about how proud he was and just um, the way, the way I live my life. And he talked about my wife and how clearly happy she made me and, just just a lot of touching things but also some of what he's written has taken on a different meaning as I've gone through the grief process. Um one part he talks about, you know, this this letter isn't supposed to be viewed with sadness. It's supposed to be joy. It's it's supposed to be joyful and a celebration of uh the time we got to spend together and all the joy that we brought into each other's life and you know, that that has taken on a a new meaning as I've, as I've reread the letter, um, over the weeks and months and almost, I can't believe it, but it's almost been two years, um, since he passed away. And just, just kind of focusing on that and realizing that it wasn't, you know, look, look back on the good times. Um, we had such a, such a great life together. And we've built something, and we continue to live in in a great way, and we're surrounded by great people and loving family and friends and it It doesn't have to be viewed as this this sad note that that's the last note he left on. It's just a reminder of the love and uh joy that we had together
1: yeah, I think that's the the big takeaway right like reminding yourself of the joy and love they've had for you they have for you. As you continue to move forward through the grief process. And I, I it's, it's wild because you keep talking about this. And, man, like this is like the best gift ever. Like it's a gift that keeps on giving, you know, like depending on where you are in your in your journey. I think, wow, like, that's so special. Cause I don't know many gifts like that, you know, like a lot of gifts you get bored of, <laughs> you know, like really soon. Right. This one, like it keeps on giving. I'm like, wow, like, that's so beautiful. My question, do you get a chance to? read uh your mom's letter and your sister's or has like everyone just kept their letters private
2: so when we first found them we we did um we did read each other's letters i haven't asked to read them since then just because you know i want i want them to have that privacy as well i don't i don't want to um intrude because that's their you know personal connection with my dad and uh, I don't I don't want to broach if they're not if they're not uh, open to it. But I'm sure over time and as we move move through the years, I, I, I would be shocked if they didn't have those in a special place like myself. I, I can't imagine them not taking good care of those. So, you know, I, I would like to read them again. But like I said, it's it's their personal personal connection. And I don't want to I don't want to uh,
0: intrude. It seems like uh, this has brought a lot more to your life than you maybe anticipated before you uh, received the letter from your father. And it also, you know, like Josh, you know, told us, alluded to that this is a big, it's a big thing for us because a lot of times we uh, make negative assumptions about, I guess you could say continuing a bond or attaching to, attaching yourself to a letter or, you know, having something that that reminds you of your loved one that's passed, it, sometimes it can be looked upon in a in a negative way, like it's not healthy, or, you know, that person's not, again, maybe negatively attaching themselves to something. But I think you, you know, this has shown that the, that's not the case, there's, there's a different side to that, you can you foster a, a loving relationship with your loved one who's passed, uh, you know, in, in, obviously in the beautiful gift that you've got, you know, that you've received from your father, this is, you know, amazing. They say like a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, You've got a letter there that I'm sure every time you read it, you're getting something new from it. You're you're learning something a little bit different. Maybe you're getting a little bit different feeling or adding to that already beautiful feeling and, and relationship and bond that you've currently got. Can you speak on that and also speak on, you know why you decided to to go into your creative business, which is I have it right in front of me. Ultimo Gifts, sorry, Ultimo Gifts, which essentially was born from this beautiful uh, gesture that that letter that you received from your father. Sure,
2: yeah. I mean, my take on that, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not an expert in any of the grief fields. I'm I'm a relative. uh, Newbie and just kind of getting my feet wet with everything that's out there. Um, but my take on that is, yes, the letter has been therapeutic. I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to keep revisiting it. But, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to minimize the effect the letter has had. But um, for me personally, I think it's been a combination of um, of the letter and also just all the research I've done as I've kind of Built this this business out of this idea that I had, um, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But basically, all all this unbelievable information that's out there that I've read, kind of for the business, but indirectly it's been for me and has been therapeutic and just led me so many places that I never broached before or never knew existed. It's kind of you know, when I was thinking about it the other day. I liken it to this just really huge, weird Venn diagram of information that I've been exposed to. You know, once I got uh, social media accounts, I start looking for people that I can connect with and talk to and, you know, build a relationship with and talk about the business with and whatever else. But there's this huge contingent of palliative care folks and death doulas and, Funeral directors and all these other people out there who are sharing this amazing information in the in the field of grief and death and everything else. So that has led me to a bunch of different places. One of the articles I read was titled. It was a Vice article. It's titled. I tried psychedelic therapy to help get over my father's death, which I knew nothing about psychedelic therapy. Uh, No ideas. No preconceptions about it. But it was a really interesting read. And that led me to um, reading this book called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan um, that talked about psychedelics and their impact on cancer patients and how it reduces their fear of death this huge amount by helping them let go of their egos and um, the the psychological ego, not the egotistical sense. Um, And that book had this amazing quote by. Bertrand Russell, I think I have it here, if you don't mind me reading it real quick. So, Bertrand Russell said, The best way to overcome the fear of death, so at least it seems to me, is to make your interests gradually wider and more impersonal until bit by bit the walls of the ego recede and your life becomes increasingly merged in the universal life. An individual human existence should be like a river, small at first, narrowly contained within its banks. And rushing passionately past rocks and over waterfalls. Gradually the river grows wider, the banks recede, the waters flow more quietly, and in the end, without any visible visible break, they become merged in the sea and painlessly lose their individual being. So this this stuff that I'm reading and like this um care for the dying and these alternative ways to look at death and approach death and the the grieving process and all these different things. Another article that my sister sent me was called The Aquarium, and it was written by the father of um, this infant girl who died from a brain tumor, and uh, just what he and his wife were going through, seeing that happen in real time, and just the whole aquarium notion was basically you're in an aquarium and you're looking out as the world moves around you, but you're just kind of locked in to your own little world. Um, and nobody really notices what's going on, even though you're going through this this immense event in your life. And so I don't, it, it's, for me, it's been a combination of, of all this research and these, these books and these um, people who are out there doing this research so that in in tandem with uh reading my dad's letter has has um helped me get through the grief process and kind of move along that path as as well as I could hope I mean I'm still grieving but I don't know what I would have done without um that stuff along the way
0: interesting and what was it through what you learned about you know new what you researched about the grief world and what's going on today and, and also, you know, your own experiences, what was it that made you want to now take this, turn it into a business and share, essentially share that um, process, share that new knowledge with other people?
2: Yeah, so, yeah, so the, the research kind of came later, but um, moving back to kind of how the the business idea came about, like I said, I, I read this letter quite a bit, especially at the beginning. And, um, I, I had very little time to kind of properly grieve. I couldn't really hide. I couldn't, I had to be present, um, for my newborn son and my wife, and mom and my sister, but I, I wasn't sleeping and I needed to kind of fill those waking hours with something. And I kept thinking about this letter and just how special it made me feel and the 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 warmth that I felt and that connection to my dad that I felt and I wanted to give others a an avenue to experience this and um so that was kind of how Ultimo gifts was born and um if you couldn't tell by my last name, um my dad's Italian and uh he uh so Ultimo is um final or last in Italian so that's kind of how I landed on the the name, but it was something that I could put my energy into, and even if nothing came of it, it was it was really therapeutic in a lot of ways. Um, so I start setting up this this business plan, getting things together, and um, I'm I'm lucky. I know a lot of a lot of amazing people who helped me along the way. Uh, a good friend of mine created the logo. Uh, my wife reviewed all the all the website content. One of my closest friends is helping with the website and continues to help with the the website to make that more user-friendly. He actually lost his dad about five months after I lost mine um, also to cancer. So, you know, now he's, he's talked to me. We're kind of in the thought process around this, this website and starting to talk about it. And um, he knows my story and then, and then he loses his dad. So we had this this new unfortunate connection, but a new a new connection on a on a much deeper level that we were able to communicate on and bond bond over and just kind of help each other through that process. So developing this this uh, plan, getting things moving, and um, the one thing I wanted to keep in my, the back of my mind was this this can't just be like hey. You know, any anything that comes out of it, I'm just throwing the money in my pocket and walking away. My dad was an incredibly generous guy. He served on the boards of a couple of different organizations that um, truly did good work and helped people who needed it more than most. And uh, one thing he stressed with my sister and I as we were growing up and into into adulthood as well was don't forget how lucky we are. We are we are incredibly lucky financially. Generally speaking, health-wise, um, we have a lot of a lot of things going our way, and there are a lot of people out there who don't have things going their way. So just make sure you give back to those who aren't as fortunate as us, um, whether it be with time or resources or whatever it is. So, to that end, half over half of everything that that comes through the website is is getting pushed back out to to various charities.
1: That's amazing. And it's amazing you could make meaning from your loss and try to help other people. So can you describe exactly what Ultimate Gifts is?
2: Sure. So um it's it's a it's a website where people can go and um basically play, for lack of a better term, place an order and um you can send gifts along with um with these letters that you write but essentially the the core of what we're trying to do is if you want to make sure that your daughter or spouse or whoever if you know you're you're going to die soon or if you're just a planner um and you want to make sure that something is left behind that gets to these folks after you pass away you can we can make that happen essentially people go there and they say All right, my daughter, her name is um, Tiffany. She's, uh, her birthday is on May 1st. And um, for the first five years after I pass away, I want to make sure that she gets a letter and a gift from me on her birthday. And um, I want each letter each year to say this. And um, so they can specify each year what um the text of those letters say and also kind of what if they want to attach a gift to that right now we're just offering a couple of different things um they can send flowers or they can send um Amazon gift cards so um if they want to attach a gift to those letters they can do that but what we're trying to do is basically have them have people uh, have a way to get the same feeling I did from my dad when I read that letter is Something is something is sent to them after this person passes away, and it's these these um, very meaningful, very personal letters and uh, and gifts that that mean something to these people and uh, lets them know that that uh, they were they were top of mind, they were a priority, and they continue to be a priority for them even though they're not physically around anymore.
1: That's super cool. I think it's such a very unique way of when you're dying to be able to continue your legacy and continuing your, your input into their lives by giving them the encouragement and reminding them that like how much they mean to you. I think, yeah, your dad's letter really shifted that. Cause I never thought of that until really, we talked, well, that's a lie. When I saw John Wick, <laughs> I remember <laughs> um, there was a moment there where the wife sent him a dog after she died, and I was like. And so mm-hmm. when you when we talked, that reminded me of that. I'm like, oh, like what a powerful thing to get and to receive, and just a letter, you know. So, Mike, I'm curious, can people send a letter, like, uh, or do they need a gift and a letter? Like, is there a feature where it's just a letter that they can send on different different place on different dates?
2: Yeah, um, so because of kind of how it's, it's not a normal ordering process, everything right now is attached to a gift, but we're working diligently to, to make it so they can just send a letter as well um, on, on a specified date, however many years they want to after, after they pass away.
1: That's so cool. I like that idea. Uh, I really do. And I'm thinking like, if I was dying, like, what would I want to send? You know, like, it's just kind of morbid, but right. it's actually, you know, like, it's interesting though, right? Like, what would you want to say? And how would you differ that? And as time goes on, because you just want to be a generic statement, you want to like, you know, I would want to make it very interesting. And even like I would probably send stuff on my death anniversary, <laughs> you know. Like would, that's that's yeah. who I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, remember uh, me? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh God! He's gonna send me something weird. <laughs> yeah. Sean, don't forget me. Episode fifty-two. <laughs> no. So at the end of the day, it's it's just really a cool concept. And so I guess the the idea is to so how do you get people who are dying to to find out about you, right? Because I think the surprise element yeah. is a beautiful thing because it like if I said, "Hey, Dad, give me some gifts after you're done." <laughs> like, so, it's not as <laughs> I think special if if they found it, you know, or the mom found it, you know, like and then they set it up for everyone.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a very it's obviously a very um, sensitive area, and not as everyone, but not everyone is as. Kind of willing to acknowledge death and talk about it and be open to this kind of thing and get prepared for the inevitable. Um, and it's, it, we're trying to take very, not cautious, but very uh, specific steps um, to make sure that we're talking to the right people and we make our message as clear as possible Cause we don't want people to get the wrong idea. I mean, we, we are there to help you. We want to make sure that you send, you leave the message that you want to leave in a manner that you want to leave it as opposed to us just kind of, here's what's going to happen. And you know, this is, this is the process. We want to be there helping along the way. Uh, And you talk about, you know, what, what do I want to say in these letters? the way we're structuring the ordering process is you go through, you say, okay, uh, my daughter Tiffany, her birthday's May 1st. I want to send a letter to her for five years after I pass away. We say, okay, cool. We can get that done. And so that order is complete. And then after you submit that order, we send you a link where you can come back as much as you want and write those letters. Because when you're going through the ordering process, are you really going to know like hey these are the these are the things I want to say over the next five years after I pass away to my daughter on her birthday? No, you're probably going to want some time to think about it and put some thought into it. we don't want to we don't want to push it through right at that moment, so we send a link and you're uh you're able to uh to put a lot more thought into it than you would be just as you're clicking through a website.
0: Uh, I'm just thinking about this idea. And it's just, uh, it's amazing. Like, you know, I'm just so many different scenarios. And it's really an innovative, but it's a beautiful concept that I think people are gonna, I love, as soon as I heard it, as soon as, you know, we talked about this, we're like, man, like, you just think about it like a family, you know, is going through a loss, parents passed away. And, you know, uh, maybe their child is young, and they want to through that you know 5 years when that when that child is maybe 10 when that child is hitting the teens or when they're 18 all these stages in their life that if a parent is dying i imagine that they're thinking about this on their deathbed that they won't get to live through their child going through all these process, all these excuse <clears> me <throat> years in their life stages in their life and now you're giving them an opportunity to to be a part of that still, you know, to write a letter and maybe when that kid hits eighteen and it's a special moment for them, they get this amazing letter from their parent that's, you know touching them and who knows, you know, how how incredible that is for that person. Amazing.
2: Yeah, I I I think one of the and and like I said, you're not gonna be able to in some cases not be able to fully time exactly when this happens. I mean, we we could probably um eventually evolve into that, but I think the biggest thing is like my so when I talked with my dad over Thanksgiving like asking him what do I do with this kid if he if he wrote a letter to me to 18-year-old me and said hey when you have a kid this is what you want to do 18-year-old me is going to say what the heck like I this has no relevance in my life right now but it's it was very 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 meaningful to 35-year-old me it's the ability to time that those messages as well that I think um, I think will help help people kind of frame what they want to talk about with with their loved ones
0: and that's a you're addressing I think a big concern when people pass away is uh, what's going to happen to my loved ones you know that's it's funny like people even on their deathbeds are more concerned about other people right they're like You know, they don't want their loved ones to suffer. They don't want their children to go through things or their parents or their, you know, cousin, whatever, family members, friends, loved ones. And so you're giving them a way to help ease that before they pass, which I think is beautiful, you know. And I think, you know, listeners listening in, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you see the beauty and value of that, too. Like, you know, just to be able to reconnect and uh, see something beautiful, get a beautiful gift, you know, amazing. Sorry, one last thing I wanted to talk about is uh the ultimate gifts now is it right now do you have a different range of variety of different types of gifts like what are some of the gifts that people like to you know give to each other
2: yeah right now um we're we're somewhat limited in that we're we're only doing the the flowers and gift cards um and and the um eventual just just the letters but we're thinking about expanding that down the line um Eventually, it'd be awesome if we could just say, hey, send us a link to um, the gift that you want to send, and we'll make sure that we order it and have it, and have it waiting for, uh, for your loved one when, uh, when the time is right. But we're not at that point quite yet, so we're, uh, we're keeping it simple with just the flowers and gift cards and letters right now, but um, you know, hopefully expand, expand that out down the line.
1: That's cool. So I'm glad it's going to continue to evolve and you're going to be able to see, you know, like some of your, some of your dad's legacy continue on through, you know, people using this, this service. So I'm curious when it comes to grief dreams, have you ever had a dream of your dad?
2: Yeah. Um, my, so <laughs> kind of coupled with that lack of sleep, I never, I, I didn't get into uh dream mode very often, uh, the first several months after, after my dad passed away, but he pops up here and there. And a couple of them have been pretty significant to, to me. Um, the one, the one that stood out most, I think when he mailed it back and forth about a little bit, happened a couple months ago. And, um, and, uh, I was so in the dream, I'm playing with my son, Albie and, uh, mostly holding him in my lap and, He was much smaller and less mobile than he is now, but it was just us. I mean, the setting was basically a dark background with just where we were sitting and myself and and Albie. And um, at some point in the dream, I realized that I was outside of that actual interaction. I was more watching it from a short distance. And while I'm watching this interaction, I realized at some point the me playing with my son was actually my dad playing with albie and after you and i touched base about it i i gave the dream more thought to me i think the meaningful or the meaning was partly about me becoming my dad and interacting with albie in a very similar manner as my dad did when he was raising me he was uh, silly and playful and attentive and just fun and um i i think i'm doing that So far with Albie and that's, that's my intent. I want to have that same kind of relationship that my dad had with me. But the other thought I initially had was again, as I mentioned before, just the incredible bond that my dad and Albie would have had because of the many, many similarities they share. It's just, it's just crazy how, how much alike they are. And uh, I'm interested to see if that continues as he, as he grows. I think, I think he will, uh, in some regards at least, but yeah, just kind of, kind of keeping that in the back of my mind is, as I watch, watch i get older.
1: That's cool. Um, it's, it's neat how you can look at the dream from all different perspectives and get different kind of meaning from it. And, um, instead of like, it's a little about you, but it's also something that you never got a chance for your, to see. And you get a chance to see it, you know, um, when it comes to, your father and i be playing together like what a cool image that is you know like it's just like wow you, you got yeah. to sort of see that and then you wake yeah. up and you have then you like interpret okay does this me and stuff but at the end of the day there's so many different levels to to the dream i think that's what's beautiful about it it's like the letter you have of your dad there's so many different levels to it it's like whatever place you're at you can look at it from a certain way and see something different
2: yeah absolutely and and i've tried to try to Stay more attentive to to my dreams, and um, especially when he when my dad makes an appearance, because I know it's it, one way or another it's going to be meaningful to have him there, and just the significance of him of him being there is uh, is important and something I want to want to try to remember. Another one I actually had uh, this was actually when we were on vacation uh, a couple weeks ago. I was at our house that my wife and I have right now and I'm just taking the garbage down to the curb and I stopped getting something out of my car on the way back to the house and um, I opened the trunk and there were two items in there and uh, one of the items was my golf clubs and the other was my dad's baseball gloves and in my dream I I thought to myself oh, I need to play catch with my dad. He's he's getting older, and I'm not sure how much time we'll have left to do that. Um, but but golf, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to play that over the years. And um, I woke up, and it, the first thing was like, God, I, I just miss I just miss those those simple things that we were able to share. Just having a relaxing afternoon on a golf course not worrying about anything, just forgetting about our responsibilities. And to me, it meant, you know, it, it was a reminder to kind of take things slow, slow with my son and just enjoy those times that we have with each other, no matter the the circumstances. It doesn't have to be some huge event. We could just be, you know, sitting together at a stoplight or sitting together in a golf cart or whatever it is, just, you know, appreciating those times.
1: That's beautiful. Wow. That's a very interesting. I like how you sort of not only share the dream, but you could actually explain it a little bit more. That's that's amazing. I'm curious, what is when you look back at your childhood, you know, with your dad, what was one thing that really one memory that sticks out?
2: Just his smile. I mean, mm-hmm. he he was one of those guys where like like he told me to kind of foster the interests and just kinda of, uh encourage whatever they're into and He he lived that when we were when my sister and I were growing up, and um, he would be that guy where he would say, "Hey Joe, I know you're really into Legos right now. Here's the new Lego kit," and uh, I'd be so excited and just starting to put it together, and you know I look up and my dad's just kind of hanging back and this big smile on his face because he's so happy that he gets to see his son enjoying something and learning and kind of building this um this thing and learning how to learning how to go through a process um like legos kind of allows you to do and he wasn't i mean he would sit back and he would obviously be there to help me if i asked but he was he was content just kind of taking it in
1: wow that's cool it's cool to hear more and he seemed like such a fun guy to be around and so i'm happy you you had a chance to have him as a father i really am i think it's a beautiful bond you guys had And so I'm curious, if you could have a dream tonight, what dream would you want to have of him? Or, since going with your message, or what kind of letter would you want to receive from him?
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I I think about him a lot, obviously. And I think the letter that I would like to receive from him would just be, Kind of, kind of an examination of everything that I've been through since he passed. Um, you know, advice or thoughts on what's happened or, um, you know, I would, I would love to hear what he thought of, of Albie as he's, as he's grown up and turned into a toddler. I guess the, the dream that I, I would hope for is, in the same vein, I, I would just want him to you know, drop in periodically and kind of help guide me along the path of fatherhood and just life in general as I I hit different milestones
0: moving forward. It's incredible. You know, just thinking, um, you know, as you were speaking about your dreams, first of all, dreams are amazing because they're, you know, the symbolism in it is is incredible. But it's very similar to what we're doing. You know, dreams are gifts uh, in a way. Those positive ones uh, from loved ones are gifts that you receive after the death of a loved one. And that gift can you know, bring an amazing amount of love and, and just warmth and a lot to your life, much like the work that you're doing through the letters and the gifts that people receive after their loved ones pass. So amazing stuff, Joe, and it was a real
1: pleasure speaking with you.
0: And through the, excuse me one
1: second. I was gonna say Sean, it's a really good idea. <laughs> Evaluation of like how dreams are also gifts. So it'd be cool, Joe, one day, if you find the secret to dreams, if, if we if uh, we can actually sign up for dreams in advance <laughs> of our loved ones. <laughs> wow. Well,
2: I, that's pretty deep. I think you're going to get there before me, Josh. Uh, you got the PhD, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: And, uh, you know, just listening to you in the interview, the way you're speaking and through your voice and, and the way you're telling your stories you've got your heart in the right place you know you've got again something special something amazing something beautiful that that you received you went through but you took that and it all came through out of love and also willingness to share that gift because you could have taken that letter and, and what you've received from your father and said this is amazing you know it's meat for me and my family and whatever but you've actually taken this and said i want other people to feel this as well and that just shows it that, that how you're going to be successful and how your business is going to be successful in the future, because it stems, it comes from love and passion. And I think uh, that's the correct way to kind of do that uh, in, in today's day and age. So awesome with, with that work. Can you, um, can you give us your links and connects and your website again, where people can reach you and speak to you and see your wonderful products?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um Yeah. Twitter and Instagram at ultimate gifts. It's, u-l-t-i-m-o-g-i-f-t-s um facebook you can type in ultimo gifts and it should come up uh the website is ultimogifts.com and feel free to send me an email about anything uh at joe at ultimogifts.com
0: amazing thank you joe thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing and um, I definitely know that it's it's a very valuable thing for everybody here and, and listen to and, and it's exciting I'm really glad that people like you're out there and doing uh, amazing things like this very innovative way to reconnect right so for our stuff you can check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information if you have Facebook you can join the grief dreams Facebook group check us out on Instagram and Twitter at grief dreams and this podcast can be found on iTunes Podbean, stitcher uh, many other podcasting pl- uh, platforms you can also check out the dreaming owl book on amazon which is uh, an amazing children's book uh hand painted uh just a beautiful little book to give to kids and and to really help them through the grief process and through uh, dreaming as well like learning about grief dreams and you can again just you know connect with us shoot us a message uh, if you want to touch base uh, and speak to one of us Uh, So we like to end our podcast as usual with love and gratitude from us to you.